0: The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program, recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com donate or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today.
1: You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 K Z C C L P. Conroe, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com.
2: You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and welcome to this week's edition. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Well, you're in the right place if you want to talk about business, if you want to learn some new ideas, uh, perhaps even get in on the discussion. We encourage that, and I'll tell you a way to do that shortly. So again, welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Business Hour. And I want to remind you, as I do every week, the show itself is available on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to watch as well as listen live to the show, simply go to YouTube, Facebook, click on the Weekly Business Hour channel, and you can watch as well as listen to us today. And I would encourage you to do that. It's a lot more fun that way, in my opinion. Our sponsor today, as it has been now for a couple months, Keith O'Connell and his organization, Closing Strong, LLC. Keith O'Connor and the folks that work with him can provide you the very best in business mentoring, advising, consulting, whatever label, coaching, whatever label you want to put on it. These people have the experience as well as the education, and they can help you get your business moving in the direction that you want it to take. As Keith says, it's really all up to you, but they're there to guide you through the process, and they have a wonderful track record. And as I love to tell people, I've known Keith for some time. He's a wonderful individual, lots of, excuse me, lots of education, and lots and lots of experience, nearly 40 years of experience. So reach out when you have a chance. If you're just curious, go to their website. It's closingstrong.com. Keith O'Connor and closingstrong.com. Thank you, Keith, for being our host today also want to remind you, and I mentioned about the fact that you could participate in the show, we have an email address. And I love to get emails during the show, after the show. It can be your comment about what we're talking about, just a comment about the show, or even just ask me a business question, something that's on your mind about your business, and I'll attempt to respond to you. So the email address, real simple. You just email to one, that's the number one, best consult at gmail.com. That's one best consult at gmail.com. Well, now the real show begins. I'm going to introduce our guest today. Uh, Mr. Tom Brody's here. He is known as the found money guy. Tom, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Well, how much money are we going to find today?
3: Well, it depends on who calls in or who emails. Um, It's amazing. Things we're going to talk about today has been out there for years, but not everybody knows about it. Well, one of the things
2: I always like to do with guests is ask them to give a little bit of background on themselves. And if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your business background and kind of how you got where you are today. Absolutely. Well,
3: right out of, um, I went to school at Texas A&M University and right out of school, worked went to work for Shell Oil. And I was in various assignments in Shell Oil for about 27 years and then took an early retirement, went and played in the scuba business. So I was a scuba retailer, scuba instructor for about eight years and then decided I needed to get something, you know, in the real world um, because that was fun. But that's very disposable income centric. So when the oil prices started hitting and things and things went south in 2008, that was going south because nobody had the money or the time on their job that they could devote to things like that. So and then I I found out about this opportunity uh, that I'm in now and originally thought that there would be no way for me to make a living out of it because everybody should be doing this. I figured every businessman in his right mind would be utilizing these concepts, and I come to found it wasn't the case. And so that's why I've been trying to just bring this to the smaller businesses, because the bigger businesses have got big accounting firms that do this for them or know about it. The smaller businesses, small and medium size, just don't know. Um, and, and that's one of the things they could really benefit from. It sounds like an idea that's sort of hiding in plain sight. It really is. I mean, this is all within the IRS
2: code, things we're going to talk about, and... That just people don't know about it. Well, let's talk about what brought you to this business. I, I get the idea of the scuba, that must have been a lot of fun. That was fun, yeah. Okay, so that's what I like to call a lifestyle business.
3: Yes, very much. And
2: uh, kudos to you for recognizing, in this case, downturns don't really help that business. Exactly. And it's a very small business, too. Only about 1% of the people actually dive. Yeah. So How did you get into this cost segregation? How did you get into this business? Well, a friend of mine told me about another company uh, that did
3: cost segregation and a bunch of other things. And that's how I kind of came up with the the way of of branding myself as the found money guy. Because all these things are what businesses can do without changing their business process, without buying any new equipment or products. It's just a way to look at their business structure and, and how they apply for the different tax incentives that are out there. And so, you know, whenever you start talking about taxes or tax incentives, if you're at a networking event, people's eyes kind of glaze over and, and they just kind of they're looking for the exit, right? But if you say found money, everybody understands that. And that gets people's attention. So when I call myself the found money guy, they go, what do you mean? How, how, how can I find money? And then we start a conversation, and it's very much a very open conversation at that point, And they realize I'm not here to sell them something I'm just going to try to educate them on things that they can do in their business that's going to help their business. Because right now, it's, all, it's always all about cash flow, but especially in these times.
2: Well, you know, it's so important, and, and this is what I'm all about and what I do in my uh, mentoring and advising business is try to get people to maximize their talent, their, their investment, uh, the old value idea. Right. All these things roll in together, and, and that's what I sense when I look at your business and you and I have visited on more than one occasion – uh, is the attempt to maximize. I've already got a piece of property, I've mm-hmm. already got an asset, uh, I need to hire people, it goes on and on. Right. So that's a given. So why not take a little, and by a little, I mean a little bit of time yeah. to maximize and create even better value for you, your business? Absolutely. I mean, the, the one thing, I, the one way I actually relay this to other people
3: is, is the concept of the lottery, right? If you win the lottery, you won a million dollars, that's great. But people don't realize it's going to take you 40 years to collect that money. Or if you took the lump sum for a million dollars, you may get $450,000 of it today. Not your whole million, but you've got that lump sum now. It's the same thing with some of these incentives. The cost segregation, get that money now versus
2: waiting for the depreciation for 39, 40 years. Let's talk about, uh, I think, obviously, the, the first term that needs to be understood by yeah. the listener, if they don't already understand that, is cost segregation. Right. What does that mean to me, the business owner? Well, what it is, if you own a building, uh, cost segregation is going to
3: look at that building and break it up into the component pieces, and those component pieces have different asset lives, right? I mentioned 39 years before. That's the accounting depreciation timeline of a building the reality is you've got a lot of components in that building that are not gonna last 39 years. So when you have a cost segregation firm come in, they're gonna break up your building into all the component pieces and all, the, all these, those component pieces is asset lives. So the big buckets are like five years, seven years, 15 years. If you can break up your components into those pieces and then depreciate them accordingly, that's accelerated depreciation versus straight line, which you take the total cost of the building divided by 39, and you, that's how much you take every year. Accelerated means you're moving some of that depreciation sooner, same amount of total depreciation, but you have the, the business expense sooner, which lowers your income. And if you're lowering your income, you're
2: paying less in income taxes. And that's always a good thing. So what you're basically doing is you're setting up a scenario where you front load, if you will, some of the depreciation. Absolutely,
3: and it's, it's the great thing is all the time value of money, right? The less money you pay to the government on taxes, the more money you have to invest or reinvest in your business, and that's what it's all
2: about. You know, one of the things I learned when I was in the real estate business, because my actual degree is real estate and finance, uh, is back in the day, if you will, in the, in the 70s, 80s, depreciation, it uh, became, you know, you even had 200% at some point. Right. But you, uh, your investment in a building, because we develop properties, was typically about seven to nine years in from the time the building was completed. Uh, We started looking at the building because you eventually crossed a line where your depreciation fell off so much because it was front-loaded just naturally by the law uh, to look to sell the business. We changed our value uh, analysis to look at selling a property uh, because the tax advantage, or the big one being depreciation, had basically fallen off. Exactly. And, and I guess the same thing would happen here is that if it's front loaded enough, then, well, there's going to be some date out there that uh, some year that it's uh, time to perhaps look at that property a little bit differently Exactly, an owner. Exactly.
3: Especially one thing I tell people, if they're getting ready to flip a property like in three to five years, cost segregation may not be the best play. But if you're in the property for a long, long haul,
2: then this is definitely something you want to look at. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Now, real estate... Uh, is there an application for cost segregation beyond real estate or is it just strictly the building and its components?
3: Well, it's the building and the components,
2: but you don't have to actually own a
3: building. So if you're like in a, a retail strip center and you've put a lot of money into the build-out, um, I know this happens with doctor's offices, you know, vet clinics, anyone that has specialized plumbing, electrical, cabinetry, all those things, those assets can be depreciated faster. So some of the recent tax laws have made that much more accessible to the business owners. You know, even if they hit, like a working with a, a bet's office right now, she doesn't own the building, but she's put a lot of money into the build-out because she's got a specialized need. And so all that money, even though she doesn't own the building, she can get some tax advantages by depreciating that
2: faster. Well, and that's good news because a vast majority of small businesses rent their space or lease their space. Absolutely. So they do, as you say, have an opportunity, particularly those who invest a lot in their build out. Um, And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not a landlord anymore or a property manager, but from time to time, I have clients who bring their lease up and say, okay, we've got it." I've noticed that landlords have generally, this is prior to the pandemic, give a very small allowance, relatively speaking. So a lot of people have had to invest even to what we call plain vanilla space. But I mean, as you start adding, like you mentioned, cabinetry, bathrooms, all this kind of stuff. It begins to add up. Yeah, especially like for from dentist's office. I mean, you know, the plumbing
3: and the electrical to each patient chair, right? That's over and above what a normal building would have. And so people might just think, well, that's, that's plumbing for the building. No, that's something that's a specialized and has a shorter asset life than your regular bathroom plumbing.
2: Right. So real estate developers, meaning they develop a building, they lease it, uh, whatever they do with that building, mm-hmm. any type of building, and also tenants. So we've got... Basically, everybody who occupies a commercial space is potentially absolutely a client. I absolutely. Mean, like I said, I have work with a vet. I'm working with an insurance um,
3: agency that just bought a building and, and remodeled a building. So things like that that they just haven't thought of. Um, and then people that, like you said, are in a retail space where they've got a, a, a unique need and got a lot of build-out, especially medical facilities, whether it's a doctor, a vet, I, you know, eye clinic, anything like that that's got unique things where they've had to build out a space other than just four walls and a desk. You know, they have to invest a lot of money, even
2: if it's not their property. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Well, believe it or not, Tom, we're to our first break for the day. Wow. Uh, fast. Yeah, it absolutely goes fast. We're going to take a break now, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you'll stay with us. As we come back, I want to ask Tom to kind of define a little bit more some of the items just to give you a sense of if you're a tenant or the landlord, some of the things that you can get that shorter depreciation on. So I encourage you, stay with us, and we're going to expand into some other areas of tax law that can benefit you as a business owner. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
4: It's all business talk on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio.
1: 6473776 From the beginning, the main purpose of the cooperative extension service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, extension family and community health programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable, science-based information, extension programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hi, I'm Keith Okano, CEO, coach, and business mentor. I've spent four decades helping multiple entrepreneurs use my principles to take their businesses to the next level. My methods do not fix your problems. They help you fix them for yourself. I call this process Closing Strong. Contact me at 713-557-1639 or visit my website at ClosingStrong.com for a risk-free 30-minute meeting to see how I can help you. Because a business can only go as far as its leader can take it.
4: Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio.
2: You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour with Rick Schuessler, your host here. We're having, I think, a very interesting discussion with Tom Brody, a man known as the Found Money Guy. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Before we do, let's kind of get down into some of the nitty-gritty, uh, because as we went to break, you and I discussed the fact that w- I would be kind of lost, potentially, in what you're saying, that you can move up on depreciation, increase front-end dis- depreciation. Give us an idea of what that physically looks like. What is it that I do, or what components of the building, if you will, sticking to our building or leasehold example, what components have shorter lives and that's what brings this to the table for everybody
3: okay well first let's talk about what is accelerated depreciation it's really a, a comparison between straight line depreciation and use cost segregation to actually identify those building components so if you go to the advanced slide for a second if you see on the, on the screen you got the difference between straight line and cost segregation straight line is just taking your building costs and divided equally over 39 years but as we talked, when you go through a cost segregation, you're going to divide it up into five- and seven-year property and then 15-year property. So if you go to the, the next slide, Dick, one more time. So five- and seven-year property is like all your interior walls. If you have movable partitions, carpeting, tile flooring, any kind of floor coverings, and then 15-year property is the, the things that are more a little bit longer, longer life, your landscaping, your paving all those things. So this is just some highlights, but there's things in that. Also, your HVAC system, right? That's something that's, knock wood, you'd like it to last 39 years, but it's probably not going to. So what cost segregation allows you to do is to really categorize your assets to their economic life and then depreciate that accordingly. So even though the word is accelerated, it's really more in line with their economic life. So why depreciate something over 39 years when you're going to have to replace it in 10? or you know something shorter. So that's where it really comes from. And so by depreciating it faster, you get the benefit of that expense
2: up front, which is going to help you in the long run. Well and and also as as I look at this so folks understand, this is all considered good good policy, good um, what's the right good math for the IRS.
3: Oh absolutely it's in the IRS code. I mean this is not something that's on the gray area. The IRS even said in the Journal of Accountancy said this is no more aggressive than any other depreciation methodology. In fact, everyone that's out there in business says, if you own a building, this is something
2: you should be doing, especially if you're in it for the long haul. Right. And I I enjoy that, the fact that we're going in for a long haul. Very important concept in real estate. Absolutely. Well, okay. So we've got the cost segregation method and model down. We've identified who really could benefit, being a building owner or someone with a uh, leasehold that they've invested quite a bit of mo- their money as a tenant in. Right. Uh, what else do we need to know about cost segregation and taking advantage of it as someone fitting into one of those two categories? Well, it's one of the things people say, well, it's not
3: going to be that much. Our, our finding, and actually I work with a company called Cost Segregation Services Incorporated, so that's all they do. They found that 6 to 10% of a building's value could be saved in income tax savings doing a cost segregation. Uh, there's also additional ways to save. Once you have a cost segregation done on your building, you've broken down the components into what we call systems, and that's going to help you in the long run as well. When you have to do some maintenance on some of these systems, say so your your HVAC system, a lot of companies have you know have a policy of anything that we spend five thousand dollars or more, we're going to capitalize. Well, IRS says you don't have to do that, and, and there was a um, the tangible property regulations of 2014 said. If you're not replacing 30% or more of a system, then you can expense it, right? So all these things that people had been depreciating over years, they really could have expensed if they had gone through a cost segregation. And so once you go through a cost segregation study with us, you'll have the detail you need going forward as you perform maintenance. It's just a quick comparison. Okay, we're spending this on our HVA system. Is that more than 30%? No, expense it. So you're not carrying that big capitalization for years and years. You're taking the bigger write-off,
2: which is going to improve your business today. Well, that, that in, that's an additional benefit. And I, like you say, once you set up a schedule, uh, so to speak, yes. and you can follow this, 30% of an HVA system can be significant. Oh, absolutely. Because and, 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 a lot of people I know, a lot of small businesses, they have kind of a capital
3: a capital hurdle, right? So anything under a certain dollar amount, they expense... Or right. Well, this gives you a little bit more flexibility in that you're doing it the way the IRS says. Yeah, we're allowing you to do this. So you take a bigger write-off now, which is going to help your business.
2: And at the same time, you're investing back in your business, and that's what the IRS wants to see also. And what I think is the real key for folks who are listening, if you're, you're still trying to get your arms around the concept, is this is giving you actual money, so to speak, because of tax advantages of it that yes. you pay less income tax. So that's money that stays in your pocket. Nobody mails you a check, but, I mean, it's money you keep. It's just like saving when you purchase some inventory or uh, or a contract out of service. Uh, these are real savings that can flow to the bottom line and hopefully then into your pocket. So uh, it, it's worth the time. Uh, I know so many business people, they spend all the time really focusing on their uh, cost of goods sold and mm-hmm. things like that. And then s- some spend a, a good amount of time on developing their revenue, making sure the margins are right, things you need to do. Right. But the bottom line is this is there. I mean, this is there regardless. I mean, all you have to do is put it together and, and set it up in your system, utilizing, I guess, someone like you and the services you provide. Exactly. And then it's there for, yeah. for a long time. Absolutely. And the biggest
3: problem I think that, that people have is that they haven't heard about it before. And I mean, in fact, I've talked to business owners that were a little upset that their CPA hasn't, hadn't brought this to them before. And I always caution people. I say, look, the CPA is doing so many things for you. And the tax code's only about 75,000 pages. Nobody can be an expert on everything. What we do is very, it's very concentrated. It's a very niche thing. And we're here to support your CPA. So at the bottom, at the end of the day, he's going to file the taxes for you. We're going to do the calculations, if you will, to help them actually file the taxes where you can get those bigger benefits of the depreciation expense. And a lot of CPAs don't do this, just they don't have the time. I mean, for a cost segregation study, even on a small building, it takes six to eight weeks because we look at building drawings, architectural plans, all those things to be able to identify, and as a third party, we can, you know, Give up, come up with the cost of all those systems, that takes some time. And that takes expertise that CPAs just don't have. That's not their main business, right? And so a lot of them, this real, the cost segregation is relatively new. It came around in the late 90s. So it's not something that's been out there for a long time where everybody knows about it. And you have to be pretty specialized and have an interest in that particular category to be able to know about it. I mean, I've, I've talked to CPAs, and once you explain it to them, they get it. And they 100% say, oh, yes, you, have, you need to do this because why wouldn't you? But some of them just
2: aren't that experienced with it and they don't know about it. I'm curious, when you get a chance to sit down and visit with somebody and you mentioned earlier you do a free estimate, mm-hmm. and once you put that in front of them uh, and they, the light goes on, I mean, what do, what do people? how do they respond to it? Do they follow your advice or are they still resistive? What is it that I'm getting into when I do this? Uh, what's your? You've got a lot of experience. Tell us. Well, it's like one it. of
3: the things they first don't believe it, you know, because it, it's such a huge number. Um, and like so, we we do an estimate for free, um, and it's not like something where you have to open up your books to us. We we ask for a building, the cost of the building, when the month and year you bought it or, or built it, what you put into the building after that, and then just an address and a, a brief description. And what we do is we take that profile of a building compare it to the 20,000 other studies we've done nationwide and can come up with an estimate and say, okay, we think it's going to cost this much for our fees, and you're going to get this kind of benefit out of it. So then you've got the decision, both the cost and the benefit, and you can make the decision. And a lot of times that building owner, rightfully so, will give it to their CPA and say, what do you think? And the CPA will say, yes, you need to do this. But it's that that initial hesitancy because they haven't heard about it before, and so they don't believe it. And you know, we can show them all kinds of, of case studies and even things from the Journal of Accountancy and, and all these people in the accounting world that says, yes, you should do this. But anything like with the IRS, it's not easy. So this is not something that everyone can do on their own. And so you really need to have a company that's done this before, because the last thing you want to do is send anything to the IRS that sets off red flags. So like I said, we've been doing this almost 20 years. Um, we, we know the IRS's format and we'll... Will follow the letter of what they're expecting to see in the studies. And we also support the study. So if there was ever any question by the IRS or anyone else on what we did, we support it 100%, no, no additional cost.
2: You know, it's interesting. And I encourage people who are listening, watching, and listening, uh, this is something you just need to check out because it's there. And again, back to your moniker of the found money guy. I yeah, mean, Absolutely. It's there if you take advantage of it. Or if you don't, it's still there. So uh, I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage, at least explore it a little bit to see what kind of savings that might be possible on your own building or on your leasehold. It uh, makes a lot of sense to me, and I've been involved in it before, and it made a lot of sense then. So I encourage you to at least take a look uh, and, and look at the idea of cost segregation. What are some of the other tax benefits that are out there, programs that are available to the small business people today that some folks just don't
3: know about well one one of the mon- one of the ones that i really enjoy and like talking about is the thing called the work opportunity tax credit i call it wotc wotc just because that's easier to say but what that involves is hiring w-2 employees and for particularly those people those employees that may be in a disadvantaged group now this covers people that are on some kind of disability benefit um food stamps temporary um nutrition assistants, ex-felons, veterans, disabled veterans, there's about a list of about 15 different categories. If you're hiring people like that, and if you're a business, you probably are, and you may not know about it, we can screen them to see if they qualify for the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. This is a tax credit that ranges from $2,400 to $9,600 per person you hire. So this could be real money. Again, this is found money. You're hiring people anyway. All you have to do is screen them beforehand. And we have a I work with another company that does this for you. Um, like anything else, businesses can do that on their own, but there's three different IRS forms that you have to have a prospective employee fill out. And there are CPAs and accountants for a reason because they understand this the IRS forms. The majority of us don't. So what we do is offer a way to screen employees by them answering an online questionnaire and then the company I work with actually runs it through and it bounces it up against the state workforce agency. They validate it, and then we come back to the business owner and say, yes, this person comes with maybe a $3,000 tax credit. So I I don't say this to say that's the sole reason to hire someone, but if you've got candidate A and candidate B, candidate B comes with a $3,000 tax credit, everything else is equal, why wouldn't you hire candidate B? Because that's additional money you're going to get for hiring them, which is going to offset the cost of training them.
2: Well, and I think what's important is people, again, the business owner needs to be educated, understand this to some degree. uh, Because I think we're going to, obviously, we're entering a period economically. Businesses are coming back. Yes. And businesses, as they come back, will need to hire new people, of course, if they furrowed or laid off then those people come back. But I think we'll, over the next 12, 24 months, go through a real hiring reduction of unemployment, et cetera. But it'll be new hires, too. Yes. And why wouldn't you have, as part of your hiring process, uh, have this uh, opportunity, if you will, in your folder to uh, pass muster with people that come in? And it's, it's really
3: easy. I mean, the, the company I work for is it's called, called Mancon Contact Services. Um, And they're actually out of uh, South Carolina, but they do this nationwide. And what they do is you get up on their platform and you send a candidate an email questionnaire. They fill it out, and then you'll find out usually a business day whether that person qualifies. So it's part of your onboarding process. not really onboarding. It's more of the application process. If you're going to hire and you're thinking about some people and they fill out an application for you, have them fill out this questionnaire as well, and then you'll know – as part of your hiring process, you'll have all the information you need. And it's one of those things where it's a tax credit, but you don't have to take it in, in the first year. So you can hang on to that tax credit and carry it forward up to 20 years. Wow. So, and if, if you're not, if people haven't heard of this, annually, a billion dollars is collected through this tax credit program by companies. So Walmarts, Home Depots, those big companies, they do it. Um, and even if you have worked for those companies, you probably didn't realize it because they had you fill out an online questionnaire and then they got the results and that may have been the reason you got hired is because you meant real tax savings to them. So this is something that even if you hire one person um, and they come up with the average tax credit of like, you know, $2,400, you're going to net about $1,200 to that um, without even doing anything else. So it's a pretty
2: good return for sending one email. right. No, it's, uh, again, these kind of programs, uh, as long as they're legitimate, which this is, because I've uh, got some background in this area as well, because it's been around, and I believe the smart businesses, those who are smart in their business, take advantage of this. But again, it's not a focus. It's just one of many tools that you have, and like you say, make it part of the hiring process. It really doesn't change your process, how you go through it. It's like you say, one email, and... It gets ticked off the list, and you, whether you get the credit or not, it passed through, and you went through it, and you did it. Yep. And no harm, no foul, as they used I, to exactly, say. Exactly, exactly. Well, Tom, we're to the bottom of the hour. We need to take a break uh, and let our sponsors and others uh, speak. Uh, would you have a few minutes to stick around? Because I want to talk to you what your impression is as you go around that's happening in our economy locally and so on and so forth. I always solicit people on the show to give us their idea of what's happening. Can you stick around for a little bit? Absolutely, love to. Okay. Well, we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Tom Brody, the found money guy. Don't forget that, the found money guy. Stick with us, and we'll be right back with you.
4: It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Keith Okano, CEO, Coach, and Business Mentor. I've spent four decades helping multiple entrepreneurs use my principles to take their businesses to the next level. My methods do not fix your problems. They help you fix them for yourself. I call this process Closing Strong. Contact me at 713-557-1639 or visit my website at closingstrong.com for a risk-free 30-minute meeting to see how I can help you because a business can only go as far as its leader can take it.
0: 4-H in youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension
5: Hour. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671.
4: It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio.
2: You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler. I'm our host. We've been having a wonderful conversation today about found money with the found money guy, Tom Brody. So, You know, Tom, before we get started, I want to recognize one more time our sponsor for today's program, and that's Keith O'Connor and Closing Strong LLC. Uh, Keith's been doing this a lot of years. I've mentioned that before. I know Keith personally. I know the kind of results he gets for clients, how he works with people. He uses the personal purpose uh, statement to work with people. It's a great process, very easy, helps the business owner focus on what's important to them and their family in the business. Uh, So many times we find ourselves kind of going down a road, and all of a sudden we wake up and say, gosh, this is not where I wanted to be. This is not where I wanted my business to be. It's not in fun anymore. Keith attempts to guide you so that you stay on the road that gets you where you want to go eventually with your exit of the business. So I encourage you. He's a great coach. The people working for him, he's got some great coaches, advisors, consultants working for him. Reach out to closingstrong.com. Closingstrong.com. And also a reminder if you need to contact me or would like to contact me, in fact, I'm, I'm going to finally get to we We have a listener that sent me something a couple of weeks ago, and the shows have been so busy on the air, I hadn't had a chance to respond. But send me an email onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's onebestconsult at gmail.com. Well, Tom, We've talked about cost segregation. We've talked about the employment tax credit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's others that develop over time. And I think it's great what you do, that you serve people by bringing them information and an opportunity to get more out of what they already have in their business. And that's what it's all about, creating value. At least that's my perspective about what we do. Um, Let's talk about the business environment. I mean, it's a difficult, strange, unusual uh, once-in-a-lifetime business environment with the health situation mm-hmm. and then the business situation now that's been created. What is your perspective? Because you go out, you talk to a lot of business people. Uh, what is your perspective? And perhaps what are your thoughts, your projections, if you will, your crystal ball about Montgomery County in the, in the near future uh, and also in the long term? What do you see? Well, I'm, I've been really pleasantly
3: surprised about how resilient businesses have been. I mean, the one thing that when all this thing happened, restaurants immediately switched from having, you know, in store to, to go and businesses are having to be very nimble and pivot and offer things that maybe they didn't. Um, one of the things I, I know that pertains to me um, in particular is more virtual meetings with people, right? Because you can't go out and, and people are still nervous about meeting in person. Um, even with masks. And so the ability to meet with someone over a Zoom or some other kind of you know, video audio video conference has been very eye opening because initially when all this thing happened, I didn't think the telecommunication system would handle it because there's so much bandwidth and so much data in a video conference, especially if you've got 40, 50 people on a, you know, a networking meeting that I just thought this is gonna crash. And it really hasn't. And so people have adopted and adapted um, I know some people are still nervous about Zoom for whatever reason, but I think that's going to be part of our new normal. And I think for salespeople, it's going to be even beneficial because they can really cover more ground, if you will. They're not having to drive so much if they can do a virtual meeting. And I think people in the industry is going to have to catch up a little bit, and, and people are have to be more open to that. I know one of the things that was initially I was, I was tracking – the little webcams that, you know, people, if they have a, a laptop, they may have a camera, but it may be five, six years old technology-wise, and the little stand, the, the, the cameras they use here in, in the studio, it's a little stand on top, which you can stand on your monitor. You can't get those anymore. I mean, Best Buy, everybody's out. Even the manufacturers are out. So I think this is going to be a, a new wave of technology is going to come, and it's all going to be around video conferencing, and the people that can adapt to that are going to be very successful. And I think the people in Montgomery County are very open to change and, and willing to change. I think it's going to come back. It may take a little bit for people are willing to interact together. So, like I said, this is going to be part of the new normal going forward. We just have to look at what we can do virtually as far as using DocuSign for signing contracts. All those things are going to come into play, and where people might have been not wary but just not wanting to accept it, they're not going kind to of have a choice now. And they'll find once they do it, it's really easy. And, you know, it, it's so convenient as well. Like I said, you can really, it's almost like multiplying yourself, right? Before, it would take you half an hour to drive here, half an hour to drive there. You're
2: there instantly now in a video conference, and you can be more, a lot more productive. You know, I think you hit the key word. It's adaptability. Yeah, uh, Something I'm going to talk about again on the show today later on is flexibility. And what I've seen is the good businesses, and even businesses that weren't necessarily good, and I'm talking about running their business have had a second chance if you will or a new chance to embrace some of this technology and some of these systems that have evolved and still evolving Mm -hmm. to take their business from being average to above average or even better Mm -hmm. but it's funny as i drive around because i'm a student of business and and i see the ones that are adapting like the camera thing you you see somebody come on a Zoom call and you yeah. can barely see their face or yes. whatever. Then you see the other person's got a backdrop, a green screen, got this, this, this. I believe personally, and I'd like to get your opinion about it, these technologies are, I don't think they're going to change the the very nature of business, so to speak, or particular businesses, but they're going to be a tool, again, that allow the average business to be better. And the better business to be great, properly implemented, like anything over the life of a business, your processes, your procedures. What's your
3: thoughts about it? Absolutely. In fact, one of the things I I had someone reach out to me from Southeast Florida, um, and we're here in, you know, Conroe, Texas, and she saw one of my YouTube videos, and it talked about a subject she was interested in, cost segregation and and the, the hiring incentive. And so she reached out to me and said, you know, can we meet? Now, The things I offer are national but I'm not gonna hop on a plane to go visit her and we got on a zoom call and half hour later I felt like I'd known her for a year you know it was just it was more open because we'd emailed a little bit but it's that face-to-face and actually watching someone get your ideas and understand it and then you can tell when someone maybe not is following you because the furrowed brow and all that stuff that you can't see on a phone call but the the video meetings are awesome i mean it's amazing how many people didn't even know what zoom was and now it's part of their everyday vocabulary
2: and they couldn't live without it yeah i think it's important that people integrate these things don't look at it as oh my god i've got to change my whole business yeah uh it's oh my god i've got a real chance here to improve what i'm doing and perhaps get closer to the goals i have for myself my family my business by integrating certain things. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. Tom, I deeply appreciate you taking time. we got a rough weather day today, with a lot of rain and stuff, which is welcome this time of year. Yeah. But uh, to come in and talk with us, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do it? Probably the best way
3: is my phone. Um, my cell phone is 713-906-3710, or they can send me an email at tom at tombrody.com. B-R-O-D-I-E dot B-I-Z. That's a little different. So Tom at biz, Or they can visit my website, thefoundmoneyguy.com.
2: Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you, Found Money Guy. And uh, all our listeners, I hope you find some money in your business. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break, but I want to remind you, that a podcast videocast of today's program in its entirety will be available on Wednesday of this week so look for it right here at the station IRLoneStar.com on my website OneBestConsult.com and of course on Facebook, YouTube and many many social media sites look for a replay that you can either look at yourself or even perhaps share with someone and when you come back uh, when we come back excuse me I'm going to dip into the mailbag, as I promised earlier, and respond to a request I had made a couple weeks ago from one of our listeners. And then I'm going to do my one best consult tip of the week. It's a repeat. I call them repeats. The Flexibility Act and what your business needs to do to meet its requirements. Didn't quite get to finish that one last week. We ran out of time. And I want to finish it up because I think there's a couple points that can really help you even today in your business. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you
4: not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business listen to the weekly business hour on Lone Star Community Radio
0: did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County will you help make a difference I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County we train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system Kids removed from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com.
1: Hi, I'm Keith O'Connell, CEO, coach, and business mentor. I've spent four decades helping multiple entrepreneurs use my principles to take their businesses to the next level. My methods do not fix your problems. They help you fix them for yourself. I call this process Closing Strong. Contact me at 713-557-1639 or visit my website at closingstrong.com for a risk-free 30-minute meeting to see how I can help you. Because a business can only go as far as its leader can take it.
5: three, seven, seven, six to take your first step into the radio world.
2: You've been listening to the weekly business hour. This is Rick Schissler, I'm a host of today's program and thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoy that interview with Tom Brody, the found money guy. Very interesting ideas that are available to all of us in small business. Own a building or we have invested some money in our leasehold. Uh, very interesting ideas and ones I consider that you need to look at. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, and before I get started, I need to remind you I always get this, remind you once again that a podcast video cast of today's program will be available on Wednesday. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be on a lot of social media channels. Or you can just go to my website, onebestconsult.com, and it'll be posted there as well. So, again, I encourage you, share it. If you've got fellow business people that uh, this might benefit, I would encourage you, share it and make them fans of the show. Well, my bail bag. Uh I apologize uh, to our listener, uh, Mike uh, H. Uh, sent this in. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and typically I try to pull things out of the bag and respond quickly, but our show is, uh, our guests have had such wonderful things to talk about that I uh, sort of shuffled this to the back. But I want to I bring this up. He, he makes a great point. Uh, his question, when will this all end? I'm getting so frustrated with the situation. Well, first of all, my, nobody knows when it's going to end. That becomes more and more obvious every day because now we have cadres of experts scientific experts, political experts, economists, all kind and they're all starting to talk about and tell us things that are from A to Z. I mean, it's gotten so wide open, it's crazy. Of course, a lot of it depends where you're located here in Montgomery County where we broadcast from uh, beautiful downtown Conroe here at Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, the economy is is moving, moving quickly and it never really fully shut down here. Uh, not like we saw on television in New York. so But nobody knows when it's going to come back. Uh, but I have several things I would encourage, Mike, you and others. Make sure you have the facts right. Um, facts meaning that you understand what's happening in your trade area, the area that you do business. Uh, you need to be aware and make sure you've got the facts straight on what you can actually do with your business. Now, this is not just with the government. Uh, whether it be state, local, or federal, tell you. But it's what are your capabilities right now? Can you produce new product? Do your suppliers have what you need? Uh, Do you have service people willing to work? Uh, Are you set up to protect them according to, say, CDC guidelines? Protect your customers. Are you ready to move on? Are you ready to move up? Are you ready to build, add new business? But make sure you got the facts right. Know what your capabilities are and know what your responsibilities are, not just from the government, but also what your customers and clients are expecting. The other thing I think is important, one of the things is review and put together or put together a business plan based on the here and now. In other words, take your business plan out of the drawer. If you're one of the folks that follows me, we always keep it in the drawer there so we can pull it out and look at it, even if it's just a half a sheet of paper. Whatever you have, your plan, look at it and evaluate it, and perhaps adjust it. I know we don't typically like to adjust business plans mid-year if you have an annual plan, but this is one of those times I think you need to consider doing it. And if you need to, this is the big thing, if you need to, if you feel your way forward is to reinvent your company, don't be afraid. I have seen organizations such as the YMCA of Greater Houston, they're totally reinventing what they are going to be about. It's very interesting to watch the process. I'm deeply involved in that organization and seeing what the future is. I think there are opportunities in business to do the same. Most people don't need or want to do that, but if you are looking for an opportunity and you want your business to be in a certain place, you may need to reinvent portions or all of your business. So keep your eyes, ears open, and keep those ideas working in your mind. Put them down on paper in your plan, and then go execute them as always. Well, I want to finish up today. I want to talk a little bit and finish up on the topic of the Flexibility Act and what your business needs to do to meet its requirements. Now, just as a reminder, Flexibility Act is a add-on, if you will, to the payroll protection program that the Congress passed, President signed that allowed small businesses to access credit, uh, obtain loans, in some cases they will convert to uh, grants, meaning you don't have to pay them back. There's a certain set of rules here and there, and we went through that last week. What I want to touch on this week, and as we wind down the show, is, to me, one of the most important, if not the single most important thing you can do for your business. Yes, you need to mind your P's and Q's, as my dad used to say. You need to make sure you watch your cash flow. You need to do this, this, this. No doubt about it, but from an attitudinal point of view, I think it is really critical for every small business, every small business owner, to maintain a certain degree of flexibility. And I know business owners who are not that flexible and have done a great job over the years doing their business in a very disciplined day-in and day-out way. They know how to do it. Some cases their father, grandfather, etc. did it that way. But we're in a time that demands flexibility. You, I, everyone that wants to succeed and continue in continuing business, small businesses in particular, needs to maintain a degree of flexibility, not only today but going forward. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means I believe all of us should take a review of our business structure, our processes, our procedures, and make sure that we have a degree of flexibility uh, built into them. Now, what what can that mean? Well, your business structure how you take an order, how you fulfill an order, how your service people do certain things. I am seeing this in the marketplace myself. I go to Home Depot and I check out at the self-check. Easy, easy, easy. I go to Lowe's and check out, right? Two big competitors, national companies plus, right? And it's harder to do. The scanning system, everything. The responsiveness, the quickness of the software, totally different at Home Depot that I checked out the other day. These are kind of the things in how your business works, its processes and procedures that we need to really be keen on. Because let me tell you, I haven't really been a a fan of Home Depot for 20, 30 years. Uh, I was in the past, but their stores, Lowe's came in and appealed more to what I was looking for. But let me tell you, I'm gonna take a second look because I like the checkout, the in and out. And I think checkout is an important part of any retail business, more important today perhaps than a year ago. So these are the kind of things I'm asking you to look at. Uh, are your employees, or the ones that uh, are the, the employees who need to be flexible, are they those type of people? You need to look at these things, make sure you got the right crew, the right process, right procedure, and then move on and be a flexible, growing, strong business. Well, thank you again for joining us today. And please make a note, next Monday, 11 a.m., we'll be here again. And I encourage you to join us right here on IRLoneStar.com. And as the week moves on in your life, in your business, be sure you keep focused on the things that are important to your business and stay focused, disciplined, and most of all, positive. Thanks.
0: If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.